Welcome to the Psychic Chat Show with me, Gareth Lewis. This week, I have with me Lisa Cole from the UK. Lisa is a very, very knowledgeable lady when it comes to astral travel and out-of-body experiences. Lisa has been studying this subject for many, many years and has got some amazing experiences to share with us. So, can anybody do this? Can anybody ask you to travel or do you have to be trained to do it? Well, let's find out as we introduce Lisa Cole. So welcome, Lisa, to the uh, Psychic Chat Show. It's great to have you on uh, the show, talking all things out-of-body experience and astral traveling. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks, Gareth. Thanks for inviting me on the show. It's brilliant. Thanks. You're more than welcome. And I'll tell you something, it's going to be a very interesting show. I'm going to get quite a few of my answers, uh, I hope, today. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners and viewers are going to get their questions answered as well. So let's just jump straight into it, shall we? Yeah, fire away. As we do, uh, I'm led to believe there's a difference between an out-of-body experience and astral traveling. Is that right? And if so, what's what's the difference? Yeah, you're right, because it, it gets confusing because there are a lot of people that call astral projection out-of-body experiences. And there are a lot of people that are having out-of-body experiences, however, they term it astral projection. But it's not actually the same thing. With astral projection, you are still very aware of your physicality. You're in a very deep meditative state. For example, people may go off uh, in a meditation and create a, a crystal temple in their mind. They're actually forming that in their astral layer. Whereas without a body experience, you're actually going within, you're going deep within into the next energy layer, which is your multidimensional part of you, which never, never, ever dies. So that's the difference. I hope that answers that one for you. The question opens so many different others as well. So it's, uh, it seems quite, uh, seems quite a deep uh, conversation to have and seems quite a, a lot goes into it. So um, would you then not question that um, the astral travel is, is just a deep dream, really? It's just, you know, you're in a dream state. No, definitely not. No, because, I mean, with proven techniques that work, you use the hypnagogic state, which is that small period of time you've got between being consciously aware of being awake and falling asleep you use that particular time to get to train your consciousness away from your body. You do fall asleep. That is the key. You need to fall asleep. But you will be awoken very, very shortly after to what we call the vibrational state. And you can physically feel your energy body come away from your physical there is no doubt that it is absolutely not a dream. Absolutely not. That's, you know, from, from mine and thousands and thousands of other people's experiences. It's... So, what, was your, what was your first experience of, uh, let's just say to body experience, what was your first experience of that? Well... I had them as a child, but I didn't know what they were at that time. Um, 
my first real experience of knowing what it was was when I separated from the body within this cabin where I am now and went through the roof to a mandala in the sky. And it was just so, so mind-blowing that I could actually go through a roof. I got so excited and excitement seems to bring you back to the physical body because I remember looking down and thinking, oh, there's my body and shooting straight back into it. It does take a bit of training and practice to, to control them. But that was my real experience of knowing exactly what was going on. I had lots of confusing experiences beforehand, which I thought was actually trance but turned out that it, it wasn't. It was me experiencing parts of past lives. So yeah, it's it's mind-blowing. So talk a bit going on to a completely different subject. Hopefully we might be able to touch on it as well. Uh, but I remember uh, me and you, we had, we've had a few conversations and uh, I remember you talking to me about feeling like you at some point, I don't know whether it was, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you was younger, did not feel like you was on a magic carpet ride or uh, you was traveling off uh, when you was younger. What, what was that all about? That was, that started with, with dreams, the repetitive dreams. Um, I think I remember telling you about the monkey dressed in the blue suit who always chased me. And the only way I could get away from him was to will myself to fly and that's where the lucid dreaming came in. Um, lots of those. Another one was falling out of a big wheel. That was really strange, but never hitting the floor because I managed just to, to take off and fly off. And from research, a lot of children seem to have flying dreams. They can remember dreams of flying. Um, but yeah, that's where it, it all started really. Yeah, from so, a very so when we're dreaming, um, are you saying that when we're dreaming, at some occasions, not all time, but are we actually leaving our body? Uh, is our spirit leaving our physical body and going off to another dimension? Is it going to the spirit world? Is it just going on a journey? You know, uh, what, what, what's that? Is it? Yeah, I believe so. And I believe that most people aren't aware of the vibrational state. Um, a lot of people will just ignore it and think, oh, you know, for example, hearing a loud bang, or some people will go into a state of sleep paralysis where they feel that they, they're trying to move and they can't, and it becomes fearful. You know, and people have all these different experiences and they don't realize what that is. That's the platform, if you like, to shift your consciousness away from the body. But we naturally will all do this as we sleep. But the, the important thing that I wanna put across is it's an individual experience because you will only experience what your consciousness is made up of. Mm -hmm. You know, so what whatever your culture is, whatever your beliefs are, whatever you've experienced in your life, whatever your stress, your fears, your worries are, they do play out very oddly in our dreams, you know, and, but people are just not aware. And I'm not saying that every dream is an out-of-body experience. You know, I've got no way of proving that that would be the case. But 
everybody does have them, but most people are not aware of them. So, yeah. like you say, it's not every night when we go to sleep, our body, our spirit is actually leaving our body and, you know, we're going on a, an astral travel or an body experience. We can't prove it, Gareth. Personally, I think, yes, we are, but I don't think we are aware of what's happening. We have no recollection of what we've been out there doing or what we've experienced. However, when you trained in out-of-body experience, you can remember everything. You can re and you can demand for that awareness and that clarity to, to remember the whole experience or, or else it would be pointless doing. There'd be no point. So when you actually, you make yourself do it, do you, do you kind of like, right, I'm going to do this now? Or does it just happen? Do you, do you actually go somewhere and you say, right, this afternoon or tonight, I'm going to actually go and have an body experience. I'm going to, or does it just naturally happen for you? When you... A lot of people, it will just naturally spontaneously happen, but they won't have a clue what is happening and they, they'll get fearful. For me, it's become part of daily life. I can't st stop it from happening. You know, I've trained my consciousness to be away from my body when I fall asleep, whether that's a doze in the afternoon or going to bed at night. Generally, it will happen. But I can decide, choose not to leave the body because I'm aware of that vibrational state. Mm -hmm. And I can just stay in that state and then fall asleep. But when I choose, which I do, you know, I've got, you know, weekends in particular, I've got that time slot of two till five. That's my time to come out here in the cabin. And yeah, I think I'll go and have an out-of-body experience. Okay. And it works. It works every time. Okay. So let's say uh, this is what you're going to do uh, this afternoon or on your Saturday afternoon, you're going to go to your, your place there where you're sat today. And you're, you're consciously telling yourself, right, I'm going to have this out-of-body experience. Would you then uh, be going somewhere around your house? Would you be going to another country? Would you be going down the road? You know, can you come back and say, let's just say you went there now and your family are in the house uh, doing something. Can you go into your little cabin there, do this, go into the house, and then come back into your body, do someone say, and then go back in and say, now nah, you was doing this, you was doing this, you was doing that, and you're completely away from the house. Does that happen? Yeah, absolutely does. And, you know, I, I, I quite enjoy doing that with my business partner. She puts objects on the bedside table and I can go off and tell her what they are. Um, it's great fun. This is the beautiful thing about it. It's great fun. You can have a lot of fun with it. And a lot of people will spend many years just having fun, exploring the, the non-physical reality of our next dimension. You know, so when I leave the body here and I, I walk through the house and see what's going on in the house, I'm in the next non-physical reality to the earth plane and it's very similar it almost looks identical but for me now it's not about just going around having a look at what's on people's bedside tables or seeing what the family are doing it's now for me to learn about my evolution and my spiritual path because with it I can demand healing I can go to my higher self. I can experience my higher self. I can demand to communicate with loved ones. 
and see what they're up to in their realities. You know, that's, I think for most people, the whole point of doing this is you get that true knowing of a lot of really big questions that people really struggle with and science still to this day struggles to prove. People want to know who are we? Why are we here? What happens when we die? What, where will we go? You know, and the only way that you can truly get those answers is to experience it for yourself. And out of body exploration is one of the key avenues you can go down to get those answers. And you're not reading that in a book. You know, it's great to read books and, and gain knowledge, but it's not our truth. Go out there and experience it for yourself. And it will just, it's life-changing. It, it's, it's amazing how life-changing it is. Have you, yeah. have you, have you got, uh, Lisa, have you got children? I do, yes, yes. They must be the best behaved children in the world. Because even though, <laughs> even though you go off, you say that mum's going having 10, 15 minutes by herself, but I know what's going to go on. Can I come in and keep an eye on you? Do you know, they must be scared to do anything. I think mum might be around here. <laughs> <laughs> no, unfortunately, uh, I'm a bit older than I might be looking, actually. My children were all grown up by the time I really started doing this in a big way. You know, they, they grew up with the mediumship side of me and the spiritual development, not so much this. Which, which yeah. I'll touch on to that in a second, but at least when the time yeah. comes, you've got grandchildren now, but at least that's something to threaten the grandchildren with as well in the future. Oh, yes, so, absolutely. Um, Granny can keep an eye on, uh, yeah, even though I'm in the bottom of the garden or in the, wherever you are, I can I still yeah. know what's going on. So, uh, yeah, so, but the reason I kind of bring that up as well is can you go into the houses because... I remember on one occasion, see my uncle who's now uh, passed away, uh, he's now in spirit, but I remember uh, when my grandmother passed um, and she, she was laid out uh, in, the, in the house, they brought her home uh, for the night, I think the night before the, the funeral. And, um, and on one occasion, uh, he went into, uh, into what they call the parlor. So he went into the parlor and we were sat in the back room and he went off and he went on an astro, uh, not I'm sorry, an antibody experience. And um, again, it was a bit of fun kind of thing because we, he always talked about it and I can't really, but it was like, go on, go and, go and have a go with it. Go on. Anyway, he came in and uh, he, he saw what everybody was doing. We were all doing different things, you know, um, to try not trick him, but well, I wonder if you find that. And uh, yeah, he went and he came back in and uh, he said, right, he said, you were doing that and you were doing this and you went over there and, you know, and like, wow, how did you know that? So that was my first kind of experience, as you will, to uh, this exist um, by him doing that. I mean, I don't know why he did it uh, or why we asked him to do it while my grandma was, was uh, laid out to rest, but that was just the example of my first experience. So it's always something I've uh, been known that can happen. You know, and I remember him telling stories uh, and my mum telling stories of him as well, where he would go off to different places, maybe different places in the world or different places in the town or, you know, and it must be kind of like a really strange experience to have to be able to, <laughs> I mean, 
joking aside, but you could do all sorts with it. His meal's been damn enough for her. I'll go and have a little <laughs> You know, I'm not saying that's what you can do and what, but, but it kind of opens a lot of questions to what the actual body and what the spirit can actually do if, like you say, if you train it and you, you know, sure. the brain is such a, a, a massive thing. We only know a small percentage of what the brain can do and what, what we're capable of doing. Um, so to be able to look into that and to take it a step further with you uh, is absolutely, uh, you know, uh, remarkable that you can do that, which kind of brings me on to, uh, I know you've said how you've done it and you've looked into it, but can can it be taught, you know, can you teach someone how to go into that altered state of consciousness, how to go into that self, uh, self-being, self so how do you go about yeah i mean everybody does it naturally like i said before but some people you know you you need to just train them to do it and there are so many different ways of of doing it um however i would say if people aren't disciplined enough to practice the technique every day for at least 30 days then don't bother because it's a bit like your mediumship and you're, and you're sitting in your power. I mean, if you can't dedicate that time to spirit and you can't dedicate that time to yourself, then it's just not, you're never going to be fluent at it. You might have random experiences, but never be able to sustain an experience to make it worthwhile. So it really does depend on the individual. If somebody's already experienced in visualization, and meditation, then I would always recommend, I don't know whether you've heard of William Borman, I think I've mentioned him before. He wrote a book called Adventures Beyond the Body and he talks about the target technique. And it was the one that I studied first and within 21 days, I was having full blown out of body experiences that I could control. Um, and it's such a simple thing to do. And to practice it, you do it at night. So you're not having to dedicate time. You know, you're not missing 20 minutes of Coronation Street to go and practice something. You can do this when you go to bed. And it's literally five minutes of relaxation. So just imagining that you're filling up with energy, you know, you're feeling calm. Just focus on how it would feel to be calm that is very very important you have to be calm at the time just build that energy a wee bit till you're starting to feel a bit sleepy and then you just focus on another area it could be another area in your home or it could be a place that you know well or it could be you know a building that you know where anywhere a holiday that you've been on and for me, what I do is I use my bedroom because I do my out-of-body experiences out here in the cabin. So my target, and it's called the target technique, is the bedroom. So I pick three targets within my bedroom. So I've got my wardrobe full of clothes. I've got a lamp in there and bottles of perfume. Generally, I use those targets. So as I'm falling asleep, I must maintain the visualization of that room and being in that room, touching the objects, picking them up, interacting with them. 
and just falling asleep. The key thing is your last conscious thought has to be of that target. And over those 30 days, what you're really doing is you're training your consciousness to stay awake as your body falls asleep, but being away from the body. And then very shortly after that, when you've fallen asleep, the vibrational state occurs and that's your platform to get out. But that is the one I would suggest if people can visualize. Okay. There are other ones, you know, some people will use affirmations and just as they're falling asleep, they can repeat an affirmation. I use affirmation with my target. So I'm out of body now, or now I'm out of body whatever feels comfortable and just keep repeating it as long as that's your last thought before you fall asleep that will work other people like to use sound so um i've been quite successful with the sound of a fan just the sound of a fan blowing that helps but i don't know whether you've heard of hemisync which is a kind of binaural beats so it's specific frequencies normally it's 64 hertz and 128 hertz now if you play those two frequencies together so you've got one frequency in one ear another frequency in the other it creates your brain, your left and right spheres of the brain have to come together to create what those frequencies are. So what it's doing is you're not hearing one frequency here and one frequency here. What happens is those fre two frequencies merge and you hear like a woo 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 sound. And that is your hemi-sync. And what it's doing is it's, it's bringing the, the focus really strong and that gives you the the clarity to remain conscious as you fall asleep. I mean, there's so many other, I mean, I've done so many <laughs> wacky ones. I've got a swivel chair and I've pretend, you know, I've imagined that I'm sat in a swivel chair and I can actually feel the motion and you can see the move as you, the, the room as you're moving around and around. But, you know, the world's your oyster with people. It really is, try the proven techniques that work. If they're not working, Try another one, but don't give up because one of them will work. Yeah, and that and for everybody who's listening on the podcast, uh, there is a cat, so it's not you or anything. You know, um, uh, Lisa sat with her cat at the moment, so just in case you hear what's that crying noise in the background. It's oh, not can you hear her? Can you? Sorry about that. It's fine. Um, so uh, yeah, so really, what you're saying is um, you start off with your safe place, you know. Uh, and just knowing that all your surroundings are there and you're conscious of all those and using those. So when you kind of touch something there, and when I do a meditation uh, for my students uh, of when I'm teaching uh, the mediumship and, and, and that, um, I use a technique where um, I raise the vibration, raise the, the inner self by going in a lift uh, so we go in the lift and then we get out of the first floor. We then become aware of our surroundings. We know we're safe. And then we go in the lift and then we go up another floor. And then we keep going up and up and up. And, and, and every time we're seeing something, meeting someone, uh, whether it's your guides or spirit world or whatever it may be, and then slowly bringing them back to that safe place. Uh, and that's just the way I find that's a good way of opening yourself up uh, on uh, high vibration 
but it's a similar kind of thing of what you were saying there of you know uh taking yourself from there to there and using objects around you uh to be aware of uh, i think yeah i don't know are you saying really that's just you're becoming aware of being safe you know you're safe because you know that your wardrobe is there and you know you're that is that right yeah i mean it's more it's more just a, a tool to use to help your consciousness stay awake it's more about that training of teaching your consciousness to, to be away from your body hence being in somewhere away from where you are you have to be at least 15 feet away you know so i can't imagine that i'm just sat out in the garden just outside the cabin it when we're that consciousness isn't far enough away you know it could be anywhere it's more of the tool that what you're saying is what we do at the very beginning and when i teach when i teach this the meditation i use is i will use the breath and they'll as they breathe in just breathe in that beautiful energy and as they breathe out try not to breathe out through the mouth breathe into the body right. so although that air has to come out we're breathing it right down into the feet and we fill ourselves. And then once we're full, we start storing it in the head. You know, we'll just, we'll do this for five or 10 minutes and we've got loads of energy stored in our heads. And then it's right now, your, your goal is to fall asleep um, and then to use the technique, whatever one that they use. So yeah, you do have to kind of raise your vibration to a certain degree to get the energy because it does take a lot out of you. Yeah. No. Which is what I'm going to say as well. Um, do you feel I'm on about at the beginning of your journey? I'm not on about now because you're very much trained and you know. Um, but at the beginning, so if someone was listening to you now and thought, you know, I'm going to try that, and they've listened to everything what you said and they've read what was that book called again? And he wrote it just so people know. Yeah, William Bowman is the author, and it's Adventures Beyond the Body. Okay, so it says. Yeah. And they they read that and then they try the techniques what are either in there or what you just suggested now would they then uh feel um different afterwards will they feel exhausted will they feel um like headache or is there any kind of so say is there any side effects when you're first starting mm. using a different mm. part of your consciousness is there anything mm, sure. to be aware of or is it or, or not well, I mean, as long as people do the technique when they've gone to bed, you know, and they've gone to bed with the intention of falling asleep anyway, generally, most people will find that, you know, they're just going to fall asleep anyway within five, ten minutes. So you're not losing out on sleep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I find, if I've been successful and had a full-blown, controlled, out-of-body experience... I come back full of energy, full of exhilaration, almost euphoric. Mm -hmm. My vibration feels like it's through the roof. However, if I'm out here, I mean, I, I'll put it, you know, to you straight away. It's not a five, ten minute thing. When you, when you, when you've learned how to do this, it does take me a good hour, hour and a half to get out of body. Right. You know, that is because that, that focuses on these targets and you're just looking around them and looking around, and that can almost prevent you from, from falling asleep 
as it is because you, you're keeping your mind awake. Mm -hmm. So you've got to give yourself a good hour or so to do that. What I find is if I've gone through that process, I've got out of body, and then the cat jumps up to the window and meows or next door starts a drill, it pulls me back, you know, and then I feel really drained because I've been laid there in that altered state for an hour and a half, two hours, and not done anything with it. Yeah. You feel tired then, you do feel tired because you've been trying to go to sleep and you haven't been able to, you know. Yeah. So. We all kind of experience that. When we're in a deep sleep and then we've rudely been awakened or, you know, the door or the phone rings or whatever, and you, you shut yourself up and you're disorientated and you feel sometimes like a power nap. Sometimes yeah. you're more tired, you know, uh, when you're just dozed off. Yeah. Tired when you've woken up. And the reason I asked you to use the term, whether it's right or wrong, side effects was, uh, again, going on what you just said then, is... Is it dangerous, you know, is it dangerous to be shocked back into your body? Because then you, you kind of look into what people have said, well, you know, you've got this fine line, you've got this silver line, what's connecting you between, I don't know if that's true or not, you know, what's connected between you and your spirit and your body. You know, is there a fine line? Is there a, a silver line? Because you read it, I've read it, you know, people have said, sure. I don't know if you've sure. heard I've heard of it, but to be 100% honest, I've never, ever experienced any kind of silver cord. Again, that comes down to people's beliefs. People have read that in a book. It becomes part of their subconscious and they expect to see it. So they will create their own reality. You know, if they're expecting to see a silver cord, then a silver cord they will see, you know, so. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's like if there's that big shock or, you know, that car could snap, you know, that, that silver cup. And it's like anything, really. There's there's a lot of conspiracies with everything. I mean, uh, one of the podcasts, which I'm sure people will be able to listen to, is UFOs and, you know, the conspiracies behind aliens and all that. There's conspiracy in everything, you know? Yeah, of course. Question to everything, even our mediumship, which we'll go on to in a minute. Uh, but, you know, the, the kind of like card, what I... It, it's not dangerous. I don't think it's dangerous. I just think it's a scare kind of thing, what, you know, people have said. And that's why I just wanted to ask you, is it dangerous? Is it, you know... Um, yeah. I mean, the, the, I, I mean, personally, I don't think it's, it's dangerous in that way. You can't die from it. There's never... People do say, you know, what happens if you can't get back in your body? That can't happen. You know, all you've got to do is think of your body and you will be back in it, you know. Um, and then it's up to the disciplined individual not to open their eyes suddenly, you know. You know you've come back in. Just give yourself five minutes to re, you know, orientate yourself with the physical. You know, people forget that side of things. It's yeah. a my experience with my uncle. And it was some couple of years later... And I, I was thinking about him. I was thinking about what he was doing, what he'd done, you know. And I thought, okay, I'll try it. Uh, and uh, I remember I lay down with that intention of this is what I would like to do, fully aware of where I was, just taking in aspects of my mediumship training or, you know, my meditation training, uh, sitting in circles and things like that. And I thought, okay, I'll just use that concept. And I remember... Um, that very clearly that I, I, I was leaving 
my physical body. And I don't know whether something kicked me. I remember turning and I looked at myself and I knew it wasn't a dream. And I knew that I was, like you said, you've got to be more than 15 foot away, which I get uh, now, now you've said that. So I was only, say, just before the ceiling, you know, and I turned and I kind of like, I thought, I must, somewhere in my mind, I must have thought, is this real? And yeah. I, I saw myself, uh, but I knew, I don't know whether this is right or not, but in my feeling, my experience, it's as if I knew I was awake, but I wasn't awake. I knew I was conscious, but I wasn't asleep. And there was just that kind of, and I think my brain or my mind or, you know, kicked in. And as soon as I saw myself, it's sort of like I felt this this kind of like juk feeling. Uh, yeah. Would that be would that be an experience? Whatever, would, would I have an experience like that? Would Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I've I've had that many a time where you know I've not been aware of what's happening, but becoming aware of being by the ceiling and looking down. And as soon as you look down, you do get that that jolt. It's different for everybody. Some people, it's quite a nice smooth you know, exit and, you know, entrance back in at, for other people, it, you know, especially if it's a shock, it can be a jolt, but it's nothing to be, to be frightened of, you know, it's just natural. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a scary thing for me. It was an experiment and it was something where I came away from, I thought, yeah, this is, this, this works. And, and I suppose really in, in a lot of things uh, in life, life takes over, there's, we find it very difficult these days to be able to sit in that peace, you know, where the phone's not ringing, the window cleaner's not going to come, the dog's not barking, the all these little distractions, you know, where finding peace is so difficult for many, many people. And I find it very difficult to, to meditate, let alone ask to travel, anybody experience. Um, and I, I said so many times, I must take time. And I do believe take time for yourself. Sure. Do you feel sometimes by doing what you do, actually, I don't know if this is the right term, but cleanses your soul, cleanses your spirit, heals you in some way? Oh, 100%. You know, I can say that through my out-of-body experiences, it has totally, totally changed my whole life and my perception on life because I know now how important it is to live a physical life and to get as much out of it and experience as much as we can and to accept that actually we are more than physical beings we all have a purpose here and if you if you want to know what your purpose is have out of body experiences because you demand to know, and you will be shown. Do you know and what? You can I'm going to Sorry? say, I'm kind of like, I'm going to try um, and give it a go. You know what I mean? Try, it's putting that time aside. You're totally right in what you said earlier on. It's, it's the discipline. It's like when you go to the gym, that first week or two is going to be difficult. You know, it's like training in medium or working as a medium at the early stages as you as well uh, working like you're doing it. It's that discipline. Like you said, if we can put 20 days, 30 days, whatever aside to, to be disciplined in this uh, and do it on a regular basis, then everything 
it's like anything, it becomes easier, you know. Mm. And sometimes it's like, and you know as well, um, sometimes you'll see a medium and um, you ask them, how did they get into this? Oh, well, a medium once told me I could do this. And before you know it, the mediums, they've never done any training. They've not sat and learned the process uh, of, of the responsibility, if nothing else, behind what they're doing. So, yeah. right, but some, I think, I think a lot of it is, is laziness. You know, uh, people just, they want to go from A to B without doing the work to get there, you know? Absolutely. Anything you can say in all of this is have that discipline to do it and, uh, you know, and work at that. Um, and like anything, you, you work at something and you'll, you'll see the rewards. Exactly, know? exactly. Uh, and if nothing else, uh, Lisa, to be able to, even if you just get some kind of peace in your world or healing or sense of being, you know, what else harm is it going to do? Just to be able to sit in that altered state, whether it's a meditation or to sit for this. Exactly. I mean, you know, I mean, some of the healing that I've experienced through being out of body, um, through one, you know, when you have these out of body experiences, you, you, you hold in your intention what you want to experience. So... For me, at one point, I was really into removing blockages and gaining back my power from all of the negative experiences that had taken from me in my life. And I think I told you before about the incident with the, the false poo, you know, and my, my grandfather played a trick on me. But to go to an out-of-body experience, self-leave, ask to go to a, a place of a blockage and experience it as if it was happening all over again, as real as the room is here, that's where my blockage was, you know, and the humiliation. And he, that was the first time ever of feeling embarrassment and humiliation and being laughed at. And I didn't like that. And all of my life, I feared people laughing at me or humiliating me so I've never really been my true self until that day when I'd got that that healing back yeah. but if people do read about William Bowman they will read that he was diagnosed with stage four cancer of the throat and he was literally given months to live and with his out-of-body experiences he demanded healing and his tumors all disappeared Oh, why, man? Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. So, I don't know whether I'm going this, but questions pop into my mind. Have you ever had uh, a near death experience? Or, uh, if not, uh, then that, what I'm trying to say is, is it a similar kind of thing, the spirit leaving and going somewhere else? Do you understand what I mean? Or is, or is that completely different? Where people yeah, from, they've had an operation or they were very close to death and they, they know they left their body and they saw the spirit world or they saw a light or whatever. Is that a similar kind of experience as this is? It absolutely is exactly the same. Um, the only difference is with a near-death experience, you know, a lot of people don't make it. 
they, they've got, they, from what I've seen and what I've heard of them, you get the option to stay or you, you get told you need to come back because you haven't finished with something. Um, the only difference is with an out of body experience is you can get back in your body. With death, when we transition, you can't. But from research and all of the near-death experiences that I've looked into, what they're experiencing is what you and I would interpret as the spirit world, which actually is only the next non-physical reality. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the next phase of where we go. Yeah. And depending on what your beliefs are and what you've experienced in your life is, and who you, you've connected with in this life is to what you will experience in that dimension. But what I've learned throughout body experience is actually there's more to it than that. There's more than the spirit world. And we don't have to limit ourselves to believing that we're just going to go to the spirit world. There are, there are most, countless endless realities that if we experiment and explore with a little bit, those avenues open up. When we transition to spirit, yeah, we can go to the spirit world and meet our loved ones and live out eternity there, do whatever. Or we can go off and we can explore other, other dimensions. Yeah, you know, I think a completely different conversation and uh, I know I'm coming to the to the end here now and uh, I'd love for you to come back and talk about that uh, at some point if you, you're happy to you know absolutely when we're when doing this what I found is uh, you're opening so many different paths and avenues we're here to talk about this and then before you know we've gone to this conversation which opens up another you know another talk and that sounds interesting because I've got a lot of uh, questions about about that, but I know we've not got time today. But what I wanted to ask you is, um, what's your best experience and what's your worst experience? Okay, the best experience has to be flying at the speed of sound because I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie and I like flying anyway. I love flying around and to experience flying at the speed of sound. And I said, I want to weave in between trees. I want to be in a forest and I want to weave. And I remember feeling my energy body's arms go up in the air and I just took off so fast, went up, came down and I was just weaving in and out of these trees. I came back up in the air, spinning. And then I said, I want to fly through the air. I want to see what's inside the air. And then I thought, well, I'll crash. And I thought, well, what's the worst that can happen? I'm in an, in an energy body. I can't crash. I'm going to go through it. What the hell? Let's just give it a go and see what happens. And down I went at the speed of sound and went into the earth. And what I saw was absolutely mind-blowing. It just looked like a cosmos in there. It was just darkness. It looked like beautiful stars and all these beautiful pinks and blues, which look like universes. And then I flew out the other side and I was like, oh, what shall I do now? And, and then at that point, I felt the magnetic pole, which is something that we get. We get so far and then we got to go back. And I went back. So I think, that's probably one of the best ones. 
you know, being able to control that so well. But so one of the first one. Go on, sorry. That, that sounds like a wonderful experience uh, to have. You oh, know. Uh, but yeah, go on. You must have a you must have a bad experience or a worse experience. Yeah, I mean, uh, two two of the worst ones. One was caused by an argument I'd had previously that day. So a lesson to people that are going to potentially look at this. If you've had a really bad day, if you've been arguing with your, your partner or, you know, you've got a lot of stress going on and you don't clear that from your consciousness before you practice, it's in your reality, it's in your consciousness. So the likelihood is you're going to start playing out negative stuff, um, which happened to me actually about three or four days ago. I had one and it was... It was horrible. I was in a sewer in these great big concrete round things and there were beings there. I couldn't see their faces, but I knew that they had feces and urine dripping off them. And that was just residual energy of the argument. But one of the most fascinating ones, Gareth, um, was I've come out of body and I was just laying in a blanket of snow. It was so quiet, there wasn't a sound. It was very, very peaceful, beautiful blue sky. And I remember turning my head to the left and seeing a pack of wolves and they were just watching me. And then I could feel the fear. So this was a lesson about controlling fear. Okay, and I thought, oh my God, what if they attack me? And I started, I could feel the panic. As I had those thoughts, the wolves came over. Now this one wolf brought its snout nostrils right down into my neck and it just nipped my neck. And I could feel the blood pouring down my neck. And I panicked, I thought, do I just lay here really still? No, oh my God, I'm bleeding, they're gonna attack me. And at that point, they lunged at me. So with my training and knowing what to do, I just said, higher self now and gone. Felt myself come away from that back into my higher self, which I experience as white light piece, sometimes go through wormholes and things. I think I've told you that before. But the lesson there was because I put the create because I created that fear, I created the reality. So because I thought they were going to attack me they attacked me and that's a big lesson isn't it you know you put these those thought thoughts out there of fear potentially that's what we're manifesting in our subconscious level no that's it it's, it's, you always say thoughts are living things you, know, you put that thought out and uh, but you know I, I actually think just listening to you there on that last uh, on your worst experience I think there's a lot of kind of like lesson to be learned uh, if you're going to go into this. You know, like you say, very important. I'm glad you mentioned that. Is don't go on the back of an argument. Don't go on the back of feeling dead, yeah. stressed, or you know, um, because you know you saw writing. You know, you'll attract that. Um, and the reason for you doing it is to go and feel good about yourself and have a good experience and not a negative. Sure. Uh, yeah. So uh, you know, we've not even touched on your mediumship, and I know you do mediumship. Uh, yeah. Or do you do private readings as well? Yeah, I do yeah, yeah. 
Uh, hopefully, I'm going to get you back if you want to and you're willing. I'd love to. Thank you. And we can also talk about your um, the other dimensions of, you know, mm. which takes us on to the spirit world. You know, so talk about your mediumship. We could talk about the spirit world and then beyond the spirit world, because I do believe there's more than just that. Oh, uh, absolutely. If people want to find out more about your work or to boot you for a reading or even to get some advice on, um, you know, out of body experiences, where can they contact you? Where can they get hold of you? Yeah, I mean, if, they, they, if they're on Facebook, they can look us up at Prestige Events by Lisa and Nicole, and we advertise all of our workshops, courses, and all of the different events that we do there, um, or they can just private message me if they can find me on Facebook, and uh, we can go from there. Yeah, I generally don't advertise for readings, it's more word of mouth, but you know, if more people want to come along and experience a reading with me, then I would be grateful and thankful to, to read for them. Find you at Prestige events uh, with uh, Lisa and Nicole, um, and you'll be advertising any workshops, what you're doing on there and any events you, you do. I know you also have your own uh, little chat on there where you get guests coming on. Uh, as well yes. uh, I don't know I've been lucky to be invited there at some point yes yeah, which I'm looking forward to so head over Good. to uh, Lisa's uh, website uh, sorry to her Facebook page uh, give it a like and uh, you can find out all what's going on and uh, watch a few of her uh, workshops um, chats and that kind of thing but for now Lisa it's been absolutely pleasure and fascinating to talk to you you know, I've learned so much, even though I've got to admit, hands up, some of it kind of went, not over my head, but kind of like, oh my goodness, there's more to it than just that. Which there is, there's more to life than just what we actually see, you know. Sure. And, you know, uh, as you said, the spirit can, the spirit within can go and venture whatever it wants, whenever it wants. So can I just say thank you for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have, and hopefully you'll come back in the future. Lovely. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to coming back on. Yeah, thank you ever so much. No problem. Okay, so and uh, we'll chat soon. Thanks. Well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And thank you again to our guest this week. And for you for listening in. Don't forget, next week we'll have another guest talking all things psychic. But for now, you can click the follow button below. Like our Facebook page and also subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Second Chat Show, to keep up to date on all our podcasts. Till next week, keep safe and look after each other. The views and opinions expressed in this episode of The Second Chat Show are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Gareth Lewis and The Second Chat Show podcast. Any content provided by our guests are of their opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organisation, company, individual or anyone or anything.